It's Metal Church right here on your classic metal show with the final word. And uh, that one goes out to one of our CMS listeners in the chat room. We never play his songs. God damn it. Well, you certainly never play any Metal Church on yeah, this show. Yeah, David Smith. <laughs> never play any Metal Church and never play any docket. No. Of course not. Or or Armored Saint. <laughs> love, all uh, those, love all those bands. Yeah, I know. It's all the good stuff. I don't know, man. Uh, just something about Metal Church. I, I, they, even, even some of their weaker records, I still like. Yeah. You know, they're, they're one of those bands. They have a couple albums that I, I don't like. Yeah. But for the most part, I mean, they're, they're, they're okay. I mean, I, I like them a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, certainly light of the dark is, is where it starts for me. I like that one. Probably the, my favorite. And I know that's fucking not the, not what I'm supposed to say. I'm well, that that's one of my all time favorite, our good friend, Ronnie Monroe on that one. But man, that is a strong record start to finish. <laughs> And I like the dark. The dark is a good one. And of course, metal church, metal church is a real good one. Mm-hmm. That's a classic. You know, I mean, they're, they're strong. They're, they're the only ones I think I really don't like is I don't like way to the world. Yeah, that wasn't good. It, it was, you know, I, I tried to like that one and it was just like, it's, it's just lacking some balls or something. It just, I don't know if it's the production or 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 what but it just it just does not punch you in the face at all mm-hmm. it's like blah that, that one was the one and the one with the fat girl on the cover i didn't like too much oh uh what is that one because i don't listen to it um what is that one it's the weight of the world no weight of the world was like not yeah it was um the human factor no, it was hanging in the balance. Hanging in the balance. Yeah, hanging in the balance. Yeah, it had that weird purple color cover on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't like that one very much either. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a great band though. I I like those guys and they're friendly guys. I mean, they did a whole takeover show with you. Yeah. They the of course I wasn't there but you know just your whole description of you guys huddling around a table over a single <laughs> microphone. It was it was it was one microphone and we were all it was like a school like a high school desk. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody was sitting around it passing the mic around. Old yeah, school talking metal yeah, style. Yeah, talking metal style pass the <laughs> mic. It was, but it was a fun time. Yeah. Good for you. Hail and kill call. Well, they're gone. Thanks for calling. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, something that you brought to my attention this week and, and somebody that I have to definitely, uh, salute CMS style. Okay. Uh, former giant Aubrey Huff. Yeah. Former, uh, baseball player or a giant baseball player, Aubrey Huff. He says he's not sorry. For tweets, despite his ban from joining the 2010 uh, World Series championship team uh, reunion. Yeah, he said they, they told him no and they told him fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> so apparently Aubrey Huff says he will not apologize. Good. For his tweets that got him banned from the Giants planned World Series reunion. 
This is who I am. Listen, I'm not apologizing for anything I'm not sorry for. <laughs> Love it. This whole apology thing. I, I'm so fucking sick and tired of this. And you know what? You know who brought this uh, to light years ago was uh, ONA. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had a weekly Friday show where they went through and they had audio of various people in the media, whether they were actors or uh, athletes or musicians mm-hmm. or whatever, uh, making apologies. Right. For something they may have said or something. What, what, mm-hmm. what, what was it? What was it called? Apology Friday or something like that? Well, Some, yeah. 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 They They had a whole they had like, I don't know six eight ten uh audio clips of people apologizing yeah and then losing their jobs that was the thing is they would apologize but then they would lose their job anyway so it was like why the fuck would you ever apologize yeah you know there's no there's no reason to do it and and i'll say it till i'm blue in the face do not apologize yeah dude unless you unless you truly truly did something that you feel sorry about doing. If you really feel sorry about what you did, okay, you can apologize, but apologizing just because you have pressure on you. Fuck that. Yeah. Just own it. Just say, fuck you. That's the real answer. The real answer is not, I'm sorry. It's fuck you. Yeah. Just, just own it. Just, you know, if you, if you said something, uh, you know, and, and, you really believe that or whatever the case may be, just own it and say, yeah, I'm not apologizing for that. I, I'm sorry. It doesn't, it doesn't match your thoughts, but, uh, that's what, what I think. And you know, you don't have to accept it, Yeah. but I'm not going to apologize because your feelings were hurt or it doesn't align with your thought process. Exactly. If you don't like it, don't fucking listen to me or come to my venue or come to my store or whatever. You know who's our most shining star moment in the CMS world for that? Rick Camuglia. Camuglia. Yeah. Rick with the Black Olives Matter. Bunch of people fucking demanded he he apologize and we're going to boycott his goddamn place and nobody's going to eat there or whatever. And he didn't apologize, had fun with it, and was like, fuck you. I'm not apologizing for shit. You know what? He's still in business and doing quite fine. Yeah. And he sold more shirts with the black olives matter. Yeah. He made more money doing that than he did on food sales. That's right. We each have, (laughs) we each have a black olives matter shirt. I do. I have one. I have one. Yeah. But, uh, (laughs) it was so funny and I'll tell this story real quick, but, um, I was, I was in the car and I was listening to the local talk station in Chicago. Okay. And Rick was on there uh, being interviewed. Okay. And I was listening to a story. And then then when we did our show, right? Uh, I talked about it here on the show. And somehow he heard about us. Yeah. And he re- and he reached out to us because we mentioned him on the show. And now he's like a he's like a bro. Yeah, he's a bro and, a, and a, an avid listener to the CMS. He is. I see him. He posts shit on our social media stuff on th- yeah. various things, and he's still there after all these years. Mm-hmm. He's good. He's good people, but he did it the right way. He caught. He was in some controversy for something that was stupid. He wasn't sorry that he did it. Not even a little bit. He was like, "It's a fucking joke." Yeah. 
So that's it. It's a fucking joke. Hey, made fun of Black Lives Matter, God forbid. Yeah. In a joking way, not yeah. in like a, not you a, know, a whole black people are killed type of yeah, way. Yeah, it was, it was a tongue-in-cheek uh, satire. Yeah. And, and he said, I'm not apologizing, and just carried right on. And it worked out just fine for him. Just fine. Good for him. Happy for that guy. Yeah. So, Rick, if you're listening, we still love you, bro. Yeah, we salute you, my friend. Yeah. Anyway, the fir- the former first baseman tells us being open and honest with his Twitter account <laughs> has oh. helped him deal with anxiety and depression issues. And he says he's not willing to change that just to participate in the giant ceremony on August 16th. Good. Good for him. I don't believe at my heart that I'm a bad person, Huff said. I love having fun with people and on my Twitter. If you look, if you really look at my Twitter, I don't once attack anybody. (laughs) So there you go. As for the people who say they're offended by Huff's controversial tweets, (laughs) controversial (laughs) tweets. On the social media app, he says his solution for them is simple. I say them, get off Twitter. <laughs> is, is Who's his publicist? Is his name W. Neely? Yeah, it is. <laughs> Huff says several of his former teammates have reached out to him and told them that they disagree with the team's decision, but he says he does not want them to boycott the ceremony. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to be that guy that's going to ask them all to do that, Huff says. I mean, it's a very special moment. But I will say this for the reunion. I do have a trick up my sleeve. Yeah, pal. Mm. The San Francisco Giants will not allow Aubrey Huff to be a part of their 2010 World Series reunion later this year. And they say it's all because of the X-Stars actions on Twitter. Oh, no. Oh, my. He said something on social media. Yeah, he did something that we don't like. So, therefore, he doesn't exist. Exactly. (laughs) Earlier this month, we reached out to Aubrey Huff to let him know that he will not be included in the upcoming 2010 World Series Championship reunion, the Giants said in a statement on Monday. Aubrey has made multiple comments on social media that are unacceptable and they run counter to the values of our organization. So in other words, you said stuff that we don't necessarily agree with. Just shut up. So your, so your contributions to the team are null and void. That's right. You no longer exist as far as we're concerned. Yeah. Well, good. Now he doesn't have to wear waiters to get to the fucking show. (laughs) In downtown Shitsville, California. Exactly. Huff has used his Twitter page to send off controversial tweets almost weekly through the last couple of years. But it was a series of comments he made about the Giants hiring a female bench coach last month that really landed him in hot water. I wonder how hot it was. (laughs) Just hours after the San Francisco made Alyssa Naken, N-A-K-K-E-N, not naked, but Naken, 
the first full-time female coach on in MLB history. Huff ripped the move, writing, couldn't imagine taking baseball instructions from an ex-female softball player. <laughs> I don't understand why that's really that bad. Well, because it's anti-woman. Yeah, but still. It's misogynistic. What does she know about hitting a fucking baseball? Probably nothing. 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 Yeah. She's watched it, but she's never done it. No, she's never participated in major league baseball. Yeah, she's never hit a 102 mile an hour fastball. She can watch all the video that she wants to of it. That's fucking, there's, there's a lot of mechanics that go into that. And yeah, and yeah she could see some of it, but she's not going to have any knowledge. Yeah. Well, how very progressive and politically correct the San Francisco Giants have been for hiring a woman. Well, and the 49ers, too. It goes around out there because the 49ers have that female coach, too. The the whatever. Her, I, I see the commercial celebrating her. Yeah, very brave. Very progressive. Very, bold. Very, yeah. very, very progressive. Very bold. Very brave. Yes. Mm-hmm. He later added, I got in trouble for wearing a thong in my own clubhouse when female reporters were present. Can't imagine how it will play out with a full-time female coach running around. This mm-hmm. has me too and believe all women written all over it. <laughs> <laughs> Huff, who was also made headlines last year for his pro Donald Trump. Oh my God. He likes the president of the United States. I say murder him. You mean somebody who was elected by the people? He likes him? He should be killed for that. He should be. Uh, He made uh, pro-Donald Trump tweets about teaching his kids to use guns. Oh, my God, guns. Why haven't they taken this guy off the planet? Oh, my God, he can't exist. He is the devil. Oh. He likes Trump and he likes guns. I'll bet he grabs pussy. Oh, oh, I'll bet you he grabbed the pussy. Once the or twice. horror of it all. Mm-hmm. Because baseball doesn't have groupies. No, they, there's no such thing as slump busters where they bang anybody just to fucking break their slump. Yeah, that's not a real thing. No. <laughs> uh. Huff, who had also made headlines last year for his pro-Donald Trump tweets about teaching his kids to use guns just in case Bernie Sanders becomes the next president, was not happy about Mm -hmm. the Giants' decision to bar him from the celebration. Should he have been? No. Should he have have been like, oh, thank God they're not inviting me. Right. (laughs) I only helped them win a World Series, but why would you invite me? Yeah. (laughs) Thank God they didn't invite me. Right. Quite frankly, shocked. Huff told the Atlantic on Monday, disappointed. Outraged. (laughs) If it wasn't for me, they wouldn't have been having a reunion. But if they want to stick to their politically correct, progressive bullshit, (laughs) that's fine. Huff went on to blast the team CEO, Larry Bear, who was caught on video last year in a fight with his wife for moving for for the move writing. I find this whole thing very hypocritical coming from a man who has had a share of real controversy for pushing his wife. 
he added, and while I'm disappointed, the Giants are so opposed to President Trump and our constitutional rights that they uninvited me to the team's reunion. It shows me now more than ever, we have to stand up for our first amendment rights. So thanks for the millions of dollars and go fuck yourself. Yeah, more or less. Yep. Huff was a superstar for the Giants in 2010, hitting 290 and 26 home runs and 86 RBIs. He finished seventh in the MVP vote for that season. The Giants, though, say that there's no chance they let him be a part of the reindeer game. Oh, wait a minute. That's something else. (laughs) Be, Be part of their planned reunion on August 16th, saying, while we appreciate the many contributions that Aubrey made in 2010, we stand by our decision. And now what they've done is sunk this whole thing. Yeah. I as well cancel the whole thing because when he's not there, everybody in that fucking stadium is going to be chanting Aubrey. Everybody in that stadium will be chanting Aubrey because he's not allowed to be there. Right. And you know he's going to make a big deal about not being there. Of course. (laughs) He's going to get on every sports talk radio thing and talk about how he's been banned because of his fucking speech. Good. Good. Aubrey, you're welcome to come here. Yeah. We'd love to have have that guy on. Yeah. We'll even play some giant music with (laughs) your cousin. The other Huff guy. Yeah, exactly. Dan. Dan Huff. Dan Huff. Yeah. I wonder if they're related. Mm, no idea. Like, ironic that they're both in touch, that they're both attached to giants. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think there's a theme there. Yeah. Unbelievable. Well, good on him. And fuck Major League Baseball. Talk about a sport that's fucked. They're fucked. This kind of thing, the cheating thing. the. Oh, know. yeah, the whole Astros thing. Yeah, you get, yeah, the Astros is a, is a whole thing. They just cheated for years. Now they're going to nail the Red Sox to the wall, too. For the same thing. You see that? That yeah. they're going to get the Red Sox, too? Yeah. Bunch of cheating fucks. Yeah, somehow I'm not, somehow if I was Aubrey Huff, I wouldn't be too worried about being banned from, from some celebration in this cheater sport. Fuck them. And they're ruining the game. I don't know. Are you a baseball fan? I, I know am. You go I mean, I go, I go to the pirate game. Sure. But are you a fan or do you just go? I go. Well, no, I'm a fan. I mean, I'm not like a hardcore, like I know statistics and who's doing what, where and whatnot. You know, I follow the pirates. I mean, they're, they're not a championship team. I mean, they were, I mean, when I came up, you know, when I was a kid, obviously they, they won uh, the world series in 71 and 79. Right. And you know, I, I lived in Pittsburgh during that time, and it was just like, you know, that's that's my team. So win or lose, I'm still a fan. I like still going to the games. I don't give a shit if they're, you know, if they're contenders or not. I just enjoy the experience. Did you see that they changed the rule to where now relief pitchers have to pitch three batters? Because well, I save time. Yeah, well, again, they, they've been trying to do that for the last few years about doing things about like, the like the on mount on the mound uh, meetings and stuff they have like 30 seconds yeah because they don't want to drag the game out what they're what they're trying to do is they're trying to speed the game up and not have so many delays because 
apparently what their thought process is is that there's too many delays in the game and people get bored and tired and stuff so they're trying to you know instead of changing out a pitcher every other batter you know in in a situation where they know well this next guy he's a lefty or this next guy he's a righty well we're going to switch the pitcher with the batter you know I get I get that and and I think it's kind of a dumb rule but I understand what they are trying to accomplish there. What's the purpose of 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 trying to speed up the game? Dude, have you ever gone to any event? I don't care what it is. A concert, a football game, a baseball game, soccer, hockey, anything where you were like, "Man, I wish this would hurry up and end." Have you ever done that ever? No, for me personally, no. No one's doing that. No one's doing that. If you don't want to do that, play three inning games. How about that? If you want to speed it up, make it a three inning game. Right. Or one inning. Then you could get it down to a half hour. Just play one inning. (laughs) Fuck. So stupid that trying to speed it up. And how much time are you really saving? Five minutes? Yeah. In the course of an entire game? Five minutes, maybe. How about this? Why do they need to take eight pitches after they just took 150 pitches in the fucking bullpen? How about you only get eight pitches if you come in if somebody gets hurt? Right. If you come in from the bullpen, you're supposed to be warmed up. Come in, fucking throw one or two to get used to the mound and play ball, bitches. That Manfred guy is a dick. (laughs) He's fucking changing the rules of the game. He's got cheating all over in in his thing. He thinks of the the trophy as just a tr- just a piece of metal. He's like, I'm not gonna. Did you hear that? Yes. I'm not gonna try and just take away a piece of metal from these guys. These guys, <laughs> the Astros are just fucked this year. How many fights do you think the Astros get in this year? Oh, it's it's gonna be a mess. You know the people that that got fucked out of the tra- championship are gonna be throwing at their heads. Of course. That Altuve guy is going to be, he's going to show up wearing bubble wrap just because he doesn't want to get hit by the pitch. Right. You know, I, I mean, you know, that guy's going to get a million pitches thrown at him right. this year and balls behind him and shit. You know it. And I love it. Personally, I'm going to, for the first time ever, I think I'm going to be an Astros fan. I'm going to watch the Astros just because I know they'll be fighting all the time. And you know fans are going to be sitting there banging on chairs and shit, like you know, like they're giving signals and shit. Yeah, they're gonna. It's going to be a mess. I know. I love it. I, I actually am excited about that for the first time in a while. I'm excited about something other than the Indians in baseball. Yeah, I am definitely excited to see the Astros just get fucked with. Well, you know, you know what contributes to all of this, don't you? What? It's just this obscene money in sports. Mm-hmm. It, that that's you know the thing is is when you know back back when I was a kid, you know mm-hmm. obviously athletes made a pretty good living, but they weren't like multi multi millionaires then. I, I remember yeah. the first time that uh, any athlete uh, or baseball athlete rather, uh, Dave Parker, yeah, of the Pirates, first he was play- the first million dollar player. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and I remember that was such a big deal that they're paying Dave Parker a million dollars. Yeah. Uh, you know, to be the the right fielder. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just ballooned from there. Now, now these, you know, now these players, whether it's baseball or football or basketball or whatever, you know, the, these guys are signing contracts for six, eight, ten years, and they're like being paid $200 million. Dude, for Francisco Lindor here, they're saying that he, he said he won't give Cleveland a hometown discount. And he's looking for 10 years, 350 million, 350 million. The fuck out of here with that. There's no player worth 350 million. Yeah. None. But you know, again, back in the seventies, when Dave Parker signed that contract, it was like a million dollars. That's like, that's like chump change now. Yeah, that that's the guy on the bench now. Yeah. That guy on the bench probably makes a mill too just to sit there and play like thirty games a year. Exactly. <laughs> Hail and Kill Collar, you're on the air. Hail and Kill. Manford makes Goodell look like a genius. Uh, this guy, he is being so soft towards the guys that cheated. It's unbelievable. I don't the other thing that came out today, um, the Astros had their first preseason game in Florida or whatever, Arizona, wherever it was. And the stadium wouldn't let the fans bring in signs, you know, saying cheaters or <laughs> Astros with an asterisk and all that stuff. So now I guarantee you, and I'm all for it, I say first batter of each Astros game, throw at their head because Manfred's not going to do anything until the first game happens where a pitcher goes behind the guy's head and they're going to punish the pitcher, which is absolute bullshit. Yeah. Well, the, the thing that drives me crazy is Pete Rose. I, what Pete, huh. Pete Rose and the, and the cheating or in the, the gambling, it, it's, it's bad. It's a bad look. It's terrible. He didn't bet on his game, but even not betting on his team, you know, is kind of like betting that they're going to lose. You know, I, I right. understand. I understand it. But it's been 40 fucking years already. The guy didn't do it when he was a player. And he's the single greatest player hitter in the history of the fucking game. And they're not letting him into the fucking Hall of Fame or any of the baseball festivities. And they pretend like he doesn't exist. But the Astros get to keep their shit. Um, Barry Bonds is considered the home run champion. You know, beating Garen and Mark McGuire and... You know, the 65 so, so. runs or 70 home runs or whatever it was. You know, it's like they know certain people cheated and they hold them to one standard. Then the people that cheated before, they're not held to the same standard. It's it's fucking a disaster. It's it's well, this, go ahead. This is David from Cincinnati. So don't even get me started about Pete. I mean, it, he he came. I don't know if you heard this about a week and a half ago. He came out, got his lawyers together, sent a letter that said, Hey, guys, I've been punished enough. What these guys did is way worse than I did, and it's been 40 freaking years. Give me a break. You know, but the the thing that's going to make every Cincinnati Reds fan mad, which I am growing up in Cincinnati, is they're going to put him in after he's dead, and that's not fucking right. Yeah, I agree. It's not right. You know, I mean, he was one of the greatest baseball players of all time. Sure, he broke the rules, but God damn it, it's been 40 years. But he broke the rules not as a player. 
If you don't want to let him in as a manager, fine. Don't let him in as a manager. He never broke the rules as a player. Right. That's that's what gets me about this whole thing with, with the Astros again. The only people to get punished were the managers. Mm-hmm. The players haven't got punished at all. And they're, they can switch teams and go away, and most of them will be forgotten. You know, but I don't know, man. I, I say throw at everybody's head until <laughs> Manford does something to punish the entire club. Yeah, he should definitely do something to to the entire team. This this nonsense of um, of just just firing the the two managers, the Boston guy and the the Astros guy and the GM getting fired. That's nothing. That's bullshit. Nobody cares. Nobody cares right. about that. You know, when you think about baseball, you don't think about the GM. No one thinks about the general manager. Nobody nobody could probably even name the GM of the Astros that got fired. No. Nope. Well, the hypocritical thing about is, you know, you know, look at I, and again, this is my this is my baseball dorkiness coming out here, but <laughs> I don't buy for one fucking second. I don't ca- I know baseball is out there spinning it and it's driving me crazy. There's no way in fuck that this 160-pound Altuve all of a sudden hit 35 home right. runs a year and fucking hit 350. Get the fuck yeah. out of here with that. He's going to hit 240 this year. Watch. He's going to go right to yep. shit because he's not going to – because he's a small guy without power, and what helped him was knowing what was coming. Did you see the one highlight they showed of uh, whoever hit the – Breaking ball off a of Chapman a mile long. You tell me you can hit a home run like that off of rec- off of a uh, Aldis Chapman that throws 103 miles an hour? No yeah. way. Yeah, it's it's so lame. And the most typical typical hypocritical thing to me about 15 years ago, I went to um, an Indians game at Jacobs Field because mm-hmm. I'd never been there before, and I walked in. And the first thing I noticed for the first time was Ohio lottery banners everywhere. Okay. And I said, I said to my friend, what the hell baseball's taking sponsorship money from gambling now. And now it's all over the place with DraftKings and all those other gambling sites, local casinos, all advertising the stadiums. But Pete is still fucking banned for gambling. Yeah. It's bullshit. It's It's bullshit. it's bullshit. That guy should be let in already. I mean, forget it. He's not he's not shoeless Joe Jackson. He didn't tank a World Series for God's sakes. <laughs> right. And when and and honestly, when Pete was a manager of the Reds, they weren't very good. That was yeah. way after the seventy Reds, you know, Neely, like you said in the seventies it was the Pirates and the Reds fighting for it every Yeah, absolutely. You know, in that division. You know, and, and the thing is the Reds weren't good in the '80s with Pete as a manager. You know, yeah. in the late in the late '70s, after the after Dave Parker, you mentioned, left and went to the Reds. They're good again, but when Pete took over as manager, they weren't very good. Yeah, if he was betting on the Reds, he wasn't betting a lot because fucking they they lost most of their games. They were shit in the late '80s. Yeah, funny story. Side note: um, <laughs> I remember as a kid growing up. There was a racetrack in Cincinnati called River Downs, and it came out in the paper once. This is before he got caught. It came out in the paper once that him and a buddy hit a Superfecta for, like, 12 grand. 
and Pete was one of the guys, and everybody was like, oh, that's not surprising. Everybody in town knew he was a gambler, you know? Of course. So it's lame, dude. I think what has hurt Pete now is that he's he still gambles like he openly gambles which doesn't help his cause any correct and again he should have taken your advice chris years ago never apologize he should have said fuck you guys yeah but he didn't he apologized and what did it do got him nothing got him fucked forever yeah i'm living it every day dude i don't apologize anymore (laughs) i love it good don't apologize for you know it's yeah, it stinks. You know, it really stinks. Um, thank you. I appreciate you letting me vent about Pete Rose because he was my childhood hero. Well, and I, I pretty I can, much I hate can, baseball I can, now. I can hear it in your voice, dude, <laughs> that you you and I and Chris are very much alike when it comes to our, you know, our childhood sports heroes and our favorite teams. You know, obviously Chris is an Indians fan and I love the Pirates and you love the Reds and, you know, yep. it sticks with you for a lifetime and, you know, we had our heroes, you know, our Willie Stargels and our Pete Roses and our, you know, Dave Parkers and our Roberto Clementes and our Johnny Benches and, you know, yep. all that. Those those guys will live forever in our minds as the best of the best. You know who was great, too, was Marge Schott, owner of the Reds. You remember what she called Eric Davis? When they won the World Series in 1990, you don't remember what she called him? I can't remember. I her million dollar, her million dollar nigger. <laughs> I remember that she got in a lot of trouble for her language and stuff, but I didn't remember exactly what she said. And you, and you know what Eric's response to it was in the media? He said, "Marge can call me whatever she wants. I love her." <laughs> yeah, because yeah, she cared about the players and she won a World Series, huh? and she paid them well. Yeah, you know, but back then. I mean, God, if that would happen now, holy shit. You know, but back in 1990, you could still get away with stuff like that, even though she got shamed like Lemmy did for Nazi memorabilia, which he collected. Yeah. Because she was 70-some years old when she won the World Series back in 90. You know, the city loved her. But the national media got her kicked out of ownership because of her uh, language and her beliefs. Stupid. Who gives a shit? Well, she she didn't apologize though, did she? Nope. Yeah, did like, not at all. So she went to her grave with her cigarette in her hand and said, "Fuck you all!" With a piece of metal World Series trophy. Yeah, and <laughs> and a billion dollars. Yeah, and you know what she did with all the money when she died? Gave it to Children's Hospital in Cincinnati. That Bitch. fucking cunt. Yeah, I know. Giving it to charity. What a whore, you know, (laughs) crazy. I don't know. I I hate her. Can't wait till it's over, Chris, right? Exactly. Alan Kill, fuck you, pal. His job. (laughs) There's one of our our fans just passionate about his sports. He loves his Reds. He does. I loved Pete Rose as a player, though. I was a definite Pete Rose fan. Dude, I mean, I, Philly, I, how could how could you not notice that guy? Oh, he was great. Yeah, Dude, that Reds team in the late seventies. Holy mother of fuck, they were good. Mm-hmm. With 
Tony Perez and Pete Rose and Johnny Bench and um, was the the left fielder George George something that was the that hit all the home runs like the darkest black guy ever. <laughs> what was his name? George Foster. George Foster. George Foster. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good team. Yeah, that was a and Dave Concepcion was on that team. I think all those guys are in the Hall of Fame except Pete Rose. Yeah, except the best player. Of he the doesn't bunch. belong, pal. Yeah, and Joe Morgan was on that team. Yeah, too. Joe Morgan. Yeah, I forgot him. He's about in him. the Hall of Fame too. Yeah. That whole team was Hall of Famers. Bench is in the Hall of Fame. I think Perez is in the Hall of Fame. Morgan's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Pete should be in the Hall of Fame. Concepcion's in the Hall of Fame. Foster, I don't think, is in the Hall of Fame, but he's like borderlined. And I think that's it for that team. And Bench, Johnny Bench. That was a good fucking team. And they only won like one or two, didn't they? Yeah, they didn't. They weren't real successful. They they were always neck and neck with the Pirates during Pirates. that era. Always. I remember 79. I was a Pirates fan, too. I, I was, I was, I've watched the Indians, but the Indians were terrible. And my dad could not just stomach only seeing losses when we would go to games. <laughs> so he would take me to Pittsburgh to the old three rivers. Yeah. You know, sure. That stadium that was made out of steel. That was always funny. You go and you'd sit in the stadium and everybody would start stomping their feet. And it sounded like a goddamn train. Yeah. Because it was all the, the seat, the seating and everything was on steel, not, not cement. Um, we used to go to pirates games all the time. I went to a bunch of those games in the 79, 80, 81, you know, went to, I, I know I've told the story about getting in the dugout and get my baseball signed by all of those guys. But yeah, Willie Stargell was my dude, man. Yeah, of course. Willie Stargell, Bill Matlock, um, the um, mad dog, mad dog, Bill, man, that guy could hit like nobody's business. Yeah. Third baseman. I don't know why, why is he not in the hall of fame? I don't know. That guy was good. You had Tim Foley and uh, Phil Garner. Yeah. Manny Concepcion. Ed Ott. Manny Sanguian. Manny Concepcion. Yeah. Manny Sanguian. Catcher Manny Sanguian. Yeah. And uh, Ed Ott was the other catcher. Mm -hmm. And Omar Moreno. <laughs> Base stealer. Yeah. Center fielder. I just remember the thing I remember best, and I know we're just rambling about nothing, but. Omar Moreno got hit in the hand with a pitch in 1980 and it broke his knuckle. So he bent his fucking finger that was broken around his baseball bat. Yeah. Taped it that way and left it like he would stick it out the back of his, of his glove. So when he was fielding, yeah, but kept his finger taped bent so it would fit around his his bat and never missed a never missed a single at bat the entire season even though he had a broken hand for most of the year yeah then then he went to the astros yeah when they were still they were still in the national league yeah he wasn't as good with the astros no he went he went right from being a great player to being like a 235 hitter just like that but he could steal some bases uh, so funny i sit here thinking you know this is 30, 35 years removed. And I, and I think about this now and it's just like, I remember this like it was yesterday. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. And what's ironic is you probably can't name the team from five years ago. No, of course not. Because it wasn't, you know, it was, a it, that was the glory days. 
Mm-hmm. That, that was when a lot of the players stayed with teams for years. Sure. You know, but, but now, you know, players switch out every two years or they're, you know, traded out or mm-hmm. whatever. And it's just, it's not the same. It's certainly not sure. the same. Well, like you, you watch, you watch the pirates. Yeah, right? I do. I do. Can you name five players that are not pirates? Not really. No. It's like a chore, isn't it? It is. I, I, it's not like it used to be because when a when a team had a core uh, team, they stayed that way for years. Mm-hmm. You know, but now it's they switch out players like socks. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't like I. I think I could name five. I don't think I could name twenty. I could probably name ten, but I don't think I could name twenty. And there was a time that I could tell you every player in every lineup and what they were hitting and you know, what their batting average was, yeah. how many doubles they would hit, how many home runs they had. There was a time I was that guy. Yeah. Well, that again, that, that goes back to the old days, you know, cause I, I used to collect baseball cards like a, like yeah. a lot of kids did. And, mm-hmm. you know, I used to study all the statistics on the back of those baseball cards and I used to know all that stuff, but yeah. then, uh, you know, it's, it's not the same anymore. The loyal, the loyalty is not the same. Yeah. And they even ruined that as a hobby. Mm-hmm. You know, they ruined baseball cards as a hobby to where I don't even think they make full teams anymore. I think they only make like cards of the stars. Mm-hmm. I don't think they make like every player anymore. And I don't even think tops is the, um, like the real guy, like the, the main card company. Yeah, tops even. used to be it. Then it, then it, uh, I'm trying to think of the Fleer. other Fleer. Fleer and Don Russ were the two. Yeah, Don Russ. That's the other one that I was trying to think of. Yeah. I had all of them. I had all of them. I remember when, because they came out, Fleer and Don Russ came out in 1981. And the Fleer cards were the coolest of the cool because they were just like modern. They they like had modern graphics on them. But, and I wish I would have kept all my cards, man. I still have mine. Oh. If you got the Fleer ones, most of those are worth something because almost all of them had mistakes on them. They had guys' names spelled wrong. They had the wrong stats on the cards. They had them batting left-handed when they were batting right-handed. They, they a lot of them had the wrong picture. On the yeah, card. like let's say it's Tim Foley and it was Phil Garner or something. You know, they were just <laughs> fucked. They were fucked, and all those cards became worth a lot of money. Dude, I was such a card collector. Me, this is just my life. I'm just an aholic. Anything I put my mind into, I'm I'm addicted to. I was such a baseball card collector that I used to buy. They used to have the big baseball card book that you could buy. Yeah, every I, year. I didn't have that. I just had a shoebox. I well, no, I had the books. I had all my cards in books. I definitely had them all in books. But I had a book that would tell you every card that had ever been printed Mm -hmm. and what the value was of the card that year. And I used to go to card shows when I was like 13, 14 years old with like my doubles and triples of the good cards and I would sell them. But anytime anybody would offer me anything, I'd I'd had that book with me and people would get pissed off at me because I'd go to the book and they'd, they'd be like, like I used to have like eight or nine Ricky Henderson rookie cards. Right. Cause it was like a really cool, I don't know if you ever saw it, but it's a really cool picture of him with the batting stance and he had that cool batting stance. 
So I had like eight or nine of them. And I remember at this card show, guy offered me like a dollar a card. <laughs> and I was like, fuck you, dude. And I pulled up in the book and they were like, they were like $3 and 20 cents a card. And I showed him in the book and he's like, get away from me, kid. You're an annoying piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> he told me I was an annoying piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I wanted fair value for my card. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and those were the days, man. Yeah. Well, back in the late seventies into the early eighties, before he got traded to the Indians, mm-hmm. uh, the pirates had the coolest catcher ever with, uh, Tony Pena. Oh yeah. Tony with his, Pena. with his stance, he used to like crouch down and have his right leg pushed out in front, out in front. Mm-hmm. And he used to lean over his right leg. Yeah. And then he'd be able to get up off of there and, and throw out a runner at second. Or throw from his ass. Yeah. <laughs> He used to throw guys out from his ass. Yeah, that guy was amazing. He was great. Yeah, that, that he was my favorite catcher next to Manny Sanguian, of course. But you know that that guy had such a unique, you know, way of catching. Yeah. But uh, that guy was something else. Yeah, he was he was awesome. I, I was a big fan of Tony Pena. Yeah, especially when he came to the Indians. I was thrilled when he came to the Indians. Yeah, and another one, none of my favorite players was Burt Blylevin. He was the Holland. He was from Holland originally, and he got traded to the Indians too. Sure did. Had that wicked <laughs> curveball. Jesus. <laughs> that shit. That dude would throw a curve that would drop like two feet. Yeah. That was a fucking wicked curveball. Yeah. So he was my my favorite pitcher. Sure. You know, so yeah, just just thinking back about that stuff. It was just like such such a good memory. It was. It was fun. Dude, my my favorite pitcher from look, somebody put a picture of, of um Tony Pena in there for you. <laughs> there, <it's, laughs> Let's take a look here. There he is. Yeah, there he is. Yeah. Dude, my favorite pitcher from the Pirates always was Kent Tacovi. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I got to meet him a few years ago. He was doing the uh, broadcast, uh, you know, the, the after show wrap-up thing. Mm-hmm. And and it was through Comcast. You know, Comcast had a booth right down there on the mezzanine right. uh, at, at PNC Park. And uh, prior to the broadcast, I went over and said hello to him, you know, and uh, chatted with him for about two minutes before he said, ah, I got to go. I got to go. I got to <laughs> broadcast. But it, it was cool because he, he was just right out there, you know, uh, getting ready to get in his little broadcast area and, you know, start calling, you know, making commentary on the game. Does he call pirates games? Is that what he called? Well, he, well, it was sort of commentary, not calling just commentary. Yeah. Does he, is that what he does? Well, I don't know what he does now because, uh, they, they've changed to another, you know, broadcast system. So he's not doing that anymore, but, but he was, uh, the Comcast sports for, for, uh, the pirates at PNC park. And I, you know, they changed, they changed that to some other broadcast thing now. So he's not doing that with the pirates anymore. Looking to see. He retired from broadcasting in 2017. Yeah. So he's not doing shit. He's sitting home. Yeah. The submariner, man. Sure. The only thing he does is picks up rocks off his driveway because he can't (laughs) lift his arm any further. (laughs) Guy's never put anything on a shelf in his life. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. He had a heart transplant. Did you know that? I did not know that. A heart transplant. Holy shit. 
probably pick the one that's in his chest up off the ground. <laughs> Here's one I can use. Whoop. Exactly. He was a, he was a stud though, man. No one could hit him. No. No one he, could hit him. He had, like, he had like a spaghetti arm. Yeah. Him and what was the other guy? The guy that died. Uh, oh, um, Quisenberry. Yeah. Dan Quisenberry. Yeah. He had a, he had the same similar, uh, pitching style. One of them. I, I don't remember which one, but it, I remember one of them like fielded a ball and threw overhand and tore their fucking elbow up. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember which one it was. I don't but think it, it was, was the Colby. I don't think it was him. I don't recall that. Quisenberry. I just remember one of them. They they threw a ball hard overhand. Yeah. And tore, fucking tore their elbow up and was like on the disabled list because they just didn't throw overhand. Yeah. Tacovi never threw overhand. Mm-mm. I mean, even when he would field a ball, he was he still threw it from his shoe tops. Yeah. D- did you play baseball or no? Yeah, I did. Did you Did you ever pitch? No. I tried my damnedest to throw like Kent to call me sometimes. <laughs> tried to I, do I the, knew, tried to do I, the I, submarine throw. I knew how to do it, and I worked on it in my backyard because I I pitched, I pitched, and I played center field, and and I I was left-handed, so you know I had that natural curve back, like the ball curves. It would curve into a left-handed batter, curves yeah. away from a right-handed batter. Right. That's why a left-handed pitcher is so valuable because they have an, they could throw a ball 95 miles an hour, 100 miles an hour, and it curves away from a right-handed bat, which, which you know, that's the, that's the, the strength of it. But I always would practice, when I'd be practicing with my dad in the backyard or whatever, I would take the last 10, 15 pitches that I would throw and try and do the Tukulvi thing <laughs> and just fucking trying to get my arm. And I remember I watched Tukulvi in a, some video or something explaining it, and he said that he knows he's thrown a good pitch if he looks at his hand at the end of a game and he had grass stains or dirt stains on his hand. Okay, he's dragging his knuckles, huh? Well, because that was how that pitch, if you remember the pitch, when he would let it go, it would stay low and it would just kind of like lollipop in there. It would whoop. Yep. You know, but it would, but it would stay low. It was always right at the knees. It was never high. And, and that was the thing was the lower you could get, the lower the, the ball would go if you let it go at the right place. And so I would practice it, practice it. And I swear I only tried it one time in a game and a guy hit a fucking triple off. me. <laughs> I was like, son of a bitch. I'm never. And I just remember my dad was my coach and I, he's yelling from the side. Don't you throw like that again. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Cause I did. I tried it one time in a game. I practiced for years. I mean, quite literally years to do that Threw it once in a game and a guy ripped a triple. <laughs> I was like, All right. I guess that's the end of that. Yeah. <laughs> Too funny. Yeah, well, that, that that definitely was not your natural throwing, uh, you know, way of doing. But for not some reason, it worked for him. Yeah, I, I just uh, that was a it was such a weird thing because who would have taught him that? That was always what I always thought was who thought of that. I don't know. You know, he had to learn that early. You know, and, and you know, every coach that he went to at every next level had to be like, this is bullshit. Nobody, you know, you know, I mean, think about it. Before to Colby, I never saw anybody throw like that. Did you? No, not at all. 
So he had to make it to college. And then in college, some coach had to say, well, I guess he's throwing strikes. Let's give it a shot, you know, and then go to minor leagues, a ball, double a triple a, and each time be like convincing a coach that it was a valid way to pitch, you know, just, it just, I always found it interesting guys that do something completely different, you know, like, Kind of like um, well, Ricky Henderson, who was another favorite of mine. That fucking guy, the way that guy batted, or like Rod Carew. Yeah. Remember Rod Carew? Mm-hmm. That guy, when he went up to bat, he didn't even look like he was facing the right way. Yeah. He would put one foot in the back of the batter's box. He'd have the other foot, almost like he was daring the pitcher to hit him in the balls with the pitch. <laughs> Like he would wide open, he he had his legs wide open saying, here, suck it, you know? And I mean, but that guy could hit like no one's business. Yeah. One of the best hitters in the history of the game. And I, dude, I used to study all these guys, Rod Carew, Rod Carew. I saw an uh, interview with him at one point and he said the reason he could hit as well as he did was because he filled his mouth as full as he could with chewing tobacco. Yeah. And the reason he did that was because it made it so that his eye would stay in one place when he was, when he was hitting. So my, my, I don't know, sophomore year of high school or whatever, I would come to every single game with a big thing, a big pouch of big league chew, Mm -hmm. remember big league chew. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. And I would load my face up right when it was time to go and bat so that I couldn't fucking (laughs) fucking blink my eyes so that I could hit and and it did work. I will say it did work. I fucking hit like a machine. <laughs> and those, those are good times. Right. I wish I would have stayed with baseball. Cause I don't know. I don't know that I would have been a superstar, but I know I would have hit two fucking 50, you know, as I hit my, my, my junior year, I hit five sixty five for my, for my high school and made all state. My my senior year, I hit um, four something. And was all state again. You know, I mean, I could play. I had scholarships to go and play and everything. Yeah. I remember you saying that. Yeah. And then I just decided that I wanted to fight with my dad instead and go to the military instead of why would I fucking take advantage of the best break I was ever going to get? Yeah, pal. When I could tell my dad, fuck you and join the army out of spite. Yeah. (laughs) Cause I was a brilliant kid. Just brilliant. So funny. (laughs) <laughs> well do you need a break or you want to talk about something else talk about something else i don't care all right uh well since we're talking about sports and whatnot yeah uh grandma pocahontas warren mm. she urges arizona to reject the quote-unquote cruel bill banning males from competing in female sports Banning males from so, so, but, but women can compete in male sports. No, what, what, what they're saying, what she's saying is that it's all about this whole transgender shit. Okay. And she wants to let men. Yes. Oh, of course. She because does. she's very progressive, very brave. She's an idiot. I know. Of course. Did then, you watch the debates at all? No, I, I can't stomach it. I was just curious. I didn't watch any. I, I can't stomach it. I, I can't watch that. It's just, it's just horrific. All I, all the only thing I heard was all I needed to hear was that that fucking 
cocksucker um, Bloomberg got his ass handed yeah, to Yeah, he did. And that's all I heard, and that's all I need to hear, as long <laughs> as that fucking asshole's not in. I'm fine. With everybody else that wants to run, I'm fine with them running, because they, they can't beat Trump. Nope. But Bloomberg could buy his way in. Yeah. Anyway, Democratic presidential candidate Elizabeth Warren on Thursday decried an Arizona bill that would prevent biological males from competing in girls' sports, calling the legislation cruel. So why don't we just get rid of women's sports? Yeah, well, why don't we just, why don't we just like get rid of sports altogether then? Now we can have sports, but just call it sports. Yeah. Anybody can come out and play. Yeah. If you're good enough, then you're good enough. If you're not, then you're not. Right. You know, because isn't isn't just having a female, whatever, female track team or something, isn't that just building something of lesser value? Uh, apparently so. Same way with well, women's basketball. Yeah. Well, I mean, who watches any of that shit? Nobody. Nobody. Yeah. So, you know, as far as the way I see it, what, let's just get rid of it. Let's just call it sports. Yeah. Here's the baseball team. Here's the wrestling team. Here's the track team. If you can throw the shot put further than the guy, then you're on it. If you can't, then you're off. Right. Oh, I guess you can't do that because then there'd be no females playing anything. Probably. And you would have these guys that are pretending they're women. Stop pretending they're women. Yeah. Fucking idiots. Trans athletes are not a threat. Warren wrote in a tweet because she's a sports, uh, you know, she's an expert. She looks athletic. Yeah, she, yeah. <laughs> we we need to protect trans kids. How many trans kids are there? Well, they're starting them now early. Look at D. Wade. Yeah, but how many are there? There's enough. See, here's the, it's not so much how many, but there are more coming, which is the, which is, you know, they're gearing up for the future, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I guess, whatever. But here's the real issue. The real issue is what you're doing is, and I can't believe I know she's a fucking moron, but I can't believe that she's too stupid to see what's really happening here. Well, she's pandering is what she's doing. But she doesn't, she doesn't really care about this issue. She's just pandering, but she should actually care. See, I I think, and and again, this is only my thought. Yeah. They they should care because what it's going to do is it's going to limit the amount of actual women that can get an education. Because you're gonna you're gonna fucking pass all this transgender shit. You're gonna have a bunch of dudes grow their hair like me that are fucking athletic, but they're not quite good enough to compete with the guys. Yeah. You know, you're gonna get the let's say the hundred yard dash. Yeah. You're gonna have the top three guys in a in a high school hundred yard dash are probably running what, about ten, eleven seconds, I would imagine for a hundred. Because mm-hmm. the, the Olympic speed is what, like nine point five or something. So you're probably figuring 10.5 to 11.5, somewhere in there. The guy that can't run 11.5 can join the women's team at like 12 seconds and be the star. Yeah, of course. So if he gets the scholarship because he's the one that's getting all the all the glory or whatever, the, the victories, as a quote-unquote woman – the true women that would benefit are not going to get there. And what's going to happen? You're, you're going to, is what we're saying that, that anybody that is not physically dominant 
should not be able to participate in this shit. That's what it seems like, isn't it? Well, yeah, you're 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 um, putting up uh, unfair competition between yeah. uh, you know a, a true female against a, a female that's you know really yeah. biologically a guy. Yeah, I mean, pretending that the muscle structure and the muscle strength is not a thing is foolish. It's just foolish. It is a thing. It is real. Why do you think guys are not supposed to hit women? <laughs> because you'll fucking hurt them because they're not as strong. Yeah, they'll, they'll clock you right across the room. If you're a trans woman, can you hit another woman? I guess you can. One positive for being trans. <laughs> <laughs> We need to protect trans kids, all the LGBTQ plus ABC XYZ kids, and ensure yeah. they feel safe and welcome. All the safety stuff. Everything's safe. Got to feel safe. Feel safe. Yeah. Ensure they feel safe and welcomed at school. I urge the Arizona legislature to reject this cruel bill. This, no. The no. This, the Save Women's Sports Act would assign high school students to interscholastic and intramural leagues by their biological sex, unheard of, rather than the gender in which they identify. <laughs> Can we not just have a trans team? Yeah, why not have a trans team? Well, yeah, you've got men, you got women, and you got a trans team. Yeah. Anybody that's unsure, go to the trans team. What's wrong with that? Yeah. Because you're singling them out. That's why. What do you think being on a women's team is? <laughs> you're singling them out too. Again, it's this It's this trying to placate all the time. Always. Yes. Rather than gender with what they identify, grouping biological females together and likewise for biological males. Well, doesn't that even the playing field when you got males against males and females against females? I think the bill introduced by state representative Nancy Bardo, a Phoenix Republican and co-sponsor of the 22 other GOP state legislatures and is intended to protect female athletes from competing against athletes who possess an unfair advantage over them. Female student athletes should not be forced to compete in a sport against biological males who possess inherent psychological advantages or physiological advantages. Mm -hmm. When this is allowed, it discourages female participation in athletics and worse, it can result in women and girls being denied crucial educational and financial opportunities, just like what you just said. Both public and private schools, including community colleges and universities, would be bound by the law. In order for transgender students to challenge a rejection from a school sports league based on their male biology, the student must produce a sworn statement from a doctor describing the student's internal and external reproductive anatomy, his genetic makeup, normal, androgynously produced levels of testosterone, testosterone advocates of the lgbtq rights have skewered the bill the national center of lesbian rights claim transgender athletes have not caused any issues and accuse lawmakers of attending to polarize and divide the people 
Transgender students have been allowed to compete in leagues with their preferred gender since 2014. The bill comes after three female high school students and their families filed a federal lawsuit seeking a block transgender athletes from competing in girls' sports in Connecticut. Do you think you could coach a trans kid? No. I'm thinking of, because I coached baseball and for my kid and I coached it for, I think eight years or something. Okay. I don't know. I don't know that I could. And not because I would really give a shit what they do. It's just, I can't fathom that I would be fair and equal. I can't fathom that there wouldn't be a part of me that would be like, man, this kid is just going to end up fucked in life. (laughs) Well, that's because you have a conscience about these things. You're not a, you're not a plant of, of a, um, pandering, uh, somebody who's trying to, Oh man, I'm progressive. I I'm, I'm look at me. I'm woke. Yeah. You, I guess. you, you, you don't, you let your conscience be your guide rather than just like, Hey, this is, this is the, uh, hip thing to do. Yeah. I think I would have had to quit my kid's team. Yeah. I mean, I can't do this. Yeah. I can't, I can't coach Johnny vagina here. Right. I can't do it. I really don't think I could. Maybe that makes me sexist or whatever. No, you're a bigot, man. So be it. You know, whatever. Being honest. You better better apologize for being honest. You know, this is, this is why this is such a big issue because people aren't honest. They're afraid to say what they think because then they'll be labeled. Of course. I want to be labeled. Well, we can't have that. No. All right. Well, let's take a short break. All right. I got a uh, request here for some Leather Wolf. Okay. Some Alone in the Night. Perfect. All right. So here's Leather Wolf exclusively here. On your classic metal show. This is Dean from Leather Wolf, and you're rocking with the classic metal show. 